This is Made in Montana News on the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The Butte Silver Bowl Public Library has canceled an event featuring a transgender speaker after the county attorney expressed concerns it might violate the newly enacted ban on drag story hours in Montana. The event did not involve drag. It was to feature Ada Jawart, a Billings-based trans two-spirit writer who writes about the LGBTQ plus community and extremism in Montana. Jawart said in an interview she had planned to talk about 45 minutes about the history of transgender and two-spirit peoples in America and the West. Quote, basically what I always say is to show that transgender and two-spirit people have existed in America since time immemorial. Then I kind of go through the history of the conquistadores, who came across them and used that as an excuse to kill entire tribes. Then going up to California and the West and how colonization really tried to erase us, and still are apparently. She continued, I would technically be talking about sexuality and gender and stuff like that. But the whole thing was, that's the point of it, to teach this history of it, not to get into graphic details or porn or whatever. She said she received an email from a library employee Thursday morning that said the library was canceling the event on the advice of the chief executive and the county attorney, quote, with deepest regret. We regret to announce the cancellation of our highly anticipated First Friday speaker. The decision is in response to recent legislation, HB 359, and the recommendation of the Butte Silver Bowl County, that's according to Library Director Steph Johnson. Our commitment to promoting inclusivity and intellectual exploration remains, but not in violation of the law. Eileen Joyce, the Butte Silver Bowl County attorney, told the Daily Montanan that someone had sent the county a message through its Facebook page calling attention to a Twitter post Jawart made about the upcoming event, which they said led them to believe it would violate Montana's new law enacted by House Bill 359. The message said, quote, There's a transsexual reading to children at the public library on Friday the 2nd. The performer has posted on Twitter that it will be discussing sexual acts and there may be children there. This is illegal under Montana state law now. Will the local police be allowing this to happen? It included a screenshot of the tweets in question. HB 359 bans drag performances on public property and prohibits drag story hours in which drag queens or kings read books to children at libraries and schools. Many people staunchly disagreed in their legislative testimony and said the bill and others were simply blatant attacks on the LGBTQ plus community and their personal freedoms. The bill was gutted in the Senate, but then stricter language was put back into the House and it was sent to the governor who signed the bill earlier this month. 
Representative Zoe Zephyr, a Democratic lawmaker from Missoula, had told lawmakers the bill would target the trans community in addition to drag performers. But House Majority Leader Sue Vinton, the Republican from Billings, replied to her in February, quote, this bill has nothing to do with the transgender community. Joart said, quote, hiding behind the law is very sus, as the kids would say. It's very spineless. She said she initially was shocked, but has since tried to find a silver lining. Quote, we can expose how silly this law is, that it just targets trans people, just as we said, and no one believed us, and here we are. More laws passed by the state legislature and signed by Governor Greg Gianforte have been challenged in court. A coalition of Montana groups has filed a lawsuit in federal court saying newly passed laws that lawmakers hoped would speed up permitting of surface coal mines would have made the Copper Kings of Montana proud by gutting protections for citizens and clean water. The Montana Environmental Information Center, Sierra Club, Wild Earth Guardians, and Citizens for a Clean Energy filed the suit in U.S. District Court in Great Falls on Thursday, challenging House Bill 576 and Senate Bill 392, saying they were proposed by coal mining interests and meant to squelch public oversight. House Bill 576 would allow the State Department of Environmental Quality to issue permits without having complete information about how the coal operation may affect groundwater or surface water. It would also allow coal mining operations to violate water quality standards if there were no long-term impacts or if excessive pollution was only for a limited time. Senate Bill 392 changes the law to allow government or coal mining companies to be awarded attorney's fees from residents or groups that challenge the coal mining laws, even if those groups bring a good faith claim that is nonetheless defeated in court action. The groups, through their attorneys, argued that both bills violate federal law and must be enjoined and eventually struck down. In court documents, attorneys said that any new mining laws passed by state legislatures must be reviewed by federal agencies, including the U.S. Office of Surface Mining Reclamation and Enforcement, as well as the Environmental Protection Agency. However, attorneys say because the laws went into effect without the review and approval, they must be declared invalid. The groups say it's likely the federal government would not approve the new laws because they are less stringent and contradict federal mining laws. The groups urged federal court judge Brian Morris to act quickly on reviewing the case. Officials at Yellowstone National Park are asking the public to slow down when driving and stay a safe distance from wildlife after a number of incidents left animals dead. They included two incidents on May 28th where black bears were struck and killed by vehicles on US-191. On Memorial Day, visitors to the park put a newborn elk calf into their car and took it to the West Yellowstone Police Department. The calf ran into the forest. Its status is unknown. 
On May 31st, a Hawaii man pleaded guilty to intentionally disturbing wildlife after he grabbed a struggling newborn bison calf who was drowning, pushed it up the river and onto the roadway. Park staff say they killed the calf after it was rejected by its herd. According to park officials, quote, approaching wild animals can drastically affect their well-being and, in some cases, their survival. When an animal is near a campsite, trail, boardwalk, parking lot, or road, or in a developed area, leave it alone and give it space. Park regulations require that people stay at least 25 yards away from all wildlife. That includes bison, elk, and deer, and at least 100 yards away from bears and wolves. Disregarding those regulations can result in fines, injury, or even death. In recent days, one elk and one bison were hit by separate vehicles. Those incidents are under investigation. Park officials say last year there were two known incidents of visitors getting too close to bison, resulting in the animals responding to a perceived threat by goring the individuals. Bison are unpredictable, according to park officials, and can run three times faster than humans. After 21 years at the agency, the governor's office announced Friday that Hank Warsich is retiring again. Warsich came out of retirement in 2021 to lead the agency after Governor Greg Gianforte took office. He had previously served as FWP's legislative liaison and licensing bureau chief. Back in February, the agency announced that Warsich would be taking medical leave for, quote, a personal private health matter. The department did not elaborate on the director's health at that Deputy Director Dustin Temple, who took over the day-to-day operations of the department, will succeed Warsich as the new director, according to the governor's office. Flathead Electric Cooperative members will now receive a text message when the power goes out at their homes or businesses. It's a service the co-op is implementing, and members with a current cell phone number on file will receive a text message opting them into an automatic outage text messaging system. Quote, it makes sense to reach out directly to members by text message when they're impacted by power outages, which are inevitable when living in a heavily treed area like ours. That's according to Katie Fenning, Community Relations Manager for the co-op. Text messages are the best way to stay updated. People aren't hanging out at their laptops during a power outage. They're on their phones. If you need to hear this report again, please check the podcast on our Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. Made in Montana News is podcast worldwide with listeners in now 50 U.S. states and Canadian provinces, three Native American nations in 31 countries on six continents. We also post expanded versions of our stories on Facebook. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH, 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountains Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, 
ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation, PIVA Radio of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, and Crow Res Radio of the Crow Nation. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.